Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the ESN UA broadcast of today. And the topic is dating. Um, and with me here today, I have Emmy again from the board. And you've heard it before. Talk about yeah how she experiences being a board member. But this time, she's going to talk some details about her dating life, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> some juicy de details. And I'm here with Jacob from the AC committee. And he's also going to talk about his dating life. And uh, I think Jacob's from the US mm -hmm. and Emmy's from uh, Germany. Yes. So yeah, we're going to talk about some differences, uh, cultural differences in dating and uh, yeah, some fun stories as we go. So could you both please introduce yourselves to me? Yeah, I, um, I can begin with that. So uh, like Sam already introduced me, I'm Emmy. I've been on the podcast before uh, talking about my life as an ESN treasurer. And yeah, this time I'm going to talk about international dating experience uh, during my exchange and maybe even a bit after that. So yeah, I'm excited. And hey everyone, I'm Jacob. Uh, I'm from the US, Indiana, if you're familiar with the geography there. And I'm here as a master's student of applied data science and I'm a part of the ESN activities committee here. Uh, if you're not familiar, that's the one that organizes the trips and various, uh, various activities around Utrecht. Uh, I was also in the Netherlands for a six months exchange in Maastricht. Uh, so I've been here on multiple stints in multiple different contexts. All right. Uh, so you've both been on exchange then, huh? So you've been on exchange to Maastricht. And you, Emmy? Uh, I've been here in Utrecht last year. Last year. Yeah. All right. So first thing I want to ask you about is um, for exchange students, it could be a bit difficult because there's an expiration date because <laughs> you usually stay here for six months or even less. And I was just wondering whether you see that as a problem or as a benefit to your dating life. Well, I think it really depends on what you're looking for, right? I mean, if you just uh, downloaded Tinder or Bumble or whatever and you're just uh, looking around what's out there, then I think uh, the casual, oh, I'm only going to be here for six months can actually be a big advantage so you don't have any commitment. Uh, you can just see, like I said, what's out there, uh, gather some new experiences and, yeah, have fun. But I think it, it would get complicated as soon as feelings are getting... <laughs> involved at some point but yeah for the most part i'd say it's a big advantage because you can really like have this time where you're in this new city and everything that happens here stays here or there or wherever so it it really is sort of like a tryout box so it made you feel more free yeah for sure like yeah so you think you you um experienced more on the dating front here in the netherlands than you did when you were back in germany oh a hundred percent and you think that was also part of the expiration date? That, uh, yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh, dear exchange students, if you're listening at the moment, please come <laughs> to the Netherlands. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. And for you, Jacob? Oh, yeah. Well, so I had the same perspective as Emmy for most of my time in Maastricht. Uh, and the, uh, like she said, uh, things get a bit complicated when feelings are involved. And I had both the pleasure and misfortune of falling in love with somebody there who, just for various reasons, it was just kind of doomed to not work out. So I'm not going to say that I ever regret doing that, but it definitely led to quite a bit of emotional turmoil uh, for both of us involved. So how long ago was that? Uh, I was in Maastricht two years ago, so and I met her actually about two years ago exactly almost. Uh, and then, 
yeah, we kind of stayed in touch for quite a while. We're still somewhat in touch. She's still a student in the Netherlands, but yeah, you know, it's uh, it was, especially from the U.S. It was very tough to, you know, separate that far apart. Yeah, and that was during COVID then as well. Oh yes, oh yeah. So that was the other part is uh, she had plans to come visit me in the U.S. and for whatever reason, the U.S. would not lift the travel ban for the EU. And there was no transparency on this. It had been in effect for like a year and a half at this point. And at this point, there was really no justification for keeping it up, especially since at this time the EU had lifted the travel ban on Americans and they were coming back and forth. Um, so for me, it was just incredibly frustrating that this person who I was very much in love with and wanted to see again, even just even just for a couple weeks, right, that I couldn't because of just something that is so far outside of my control and just seemed so not logical. Do you think there there was a chance for you to to stay in contact and to even be together if there was no COVID? Uh, if I'm being rational, no. But, you know... Love you would have tried. Yeah, I would have at least tried. Yeah. Probably. As right. dumb, especially because I kind of knew that I wanted to do a master's in the Netherlands after I did my study abroad. Uh, so that that kind of gave that little glimmer of hope that, you know, maybe someday it'll work out. But by the time we move here, we've both changed so much as people and it's been so far and we still live relatively far apart that it just didn't work out. Yeah, that's a pity. Yeah. How about the other way around? So do you think um, if you have a relationship in your home country, mm. uh, do you think it's possible to go and exchange and like also... Do you, do you think that's a good idea? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> to stay together, do you think long distance relationships like that work? No, I like think long work? distance uh, could totally work out. I I don't have anything against long distance relationships as long as uh, communication and everything is is working uh, well for both parties, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I and I also know a lot of uh, couples who manage to stay together through exchange of one person. Uh, but at the same time, I also know two people who came here, both with relationships, uh, for a five-month exchange or so, and both of them broke up and then got together in the end, the two of them. So mm. it was also kind of cute uh, from my perspective, but obviously for the two other parties involved uh, in the whole breakup uh, thing, it was not too nice. Um, what do you think yeah. is the hardest part of, of going on exchange with, with a relationship? Mm. I think it, that really depends on you as a person. If you're like on parties and you have a hard time keeping your hands to yourself or something, or if it's more the like is having that emotional connection through the distance and keeping that alive and being able to have a healthy communication and maybe even be able to visit each other throughout the the time. So, or if let's say one party is always visiting the other one, but it's never the other way around, uh, that can lead to imbalances. So if you if you clearly communicate what you're expecting from your exchange as a couple and then uh, you know how you want to move through this and you have a clear end date of that exchange, I think that also helps a lot uh, for couples who, who uh, yeah, have to split up, so to say, because one party is going abroad and then is coming back, let's say, in, in a year or half a year or something. Mm. Yeah. And how about changing as a person? Do you think you change mm. as a person through oh, an exchange? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So much. <laughs> yeah. So you have to like update the other person then about how you change and of course, but I don't necessarily think change is a good thing because what would it be like if 
as soon as we get into a relationship, we are not allowed to change anymore, right? Yeah, like, that's true. That's not how, how life works. You always change and you either change together or you accept the change of the other person and you, you're not only loving them for who they are in that moment, but for them as a general person, I think then it, it's totally fine if, if people change. Yeah. yeah. You agree, Jacob? To some degree, yeah. I mean, uh, but there is also something to be said for uh, growing as a, as people together and being there for each other's changes. Not to say that you can't develop on your own separately, but I think that having that kind of massive gap in the relationship and then the person that comes back is obviously different than the person that left. Of course, it can still work out, but I think that it's not really fair to expect it to work out because maybe you're not compatible as much with each other. Uh, but I mean, getting back to the, uh, should you, you know, can, can a relationship be maintained from your home country? Yeah. <laughs> I have a slightly different take on this. Yeah, actually. but also uh, like <laughs> you, you're like your home country is so much further from the than Netherlands Germany. than let's say Germany yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even with Germany, right? Like, let's say you're from the other side. That's like a seven-hour train ride longer. Fair, even. yeah. So it's uh, a seven-hour flight versus a seven-hour train ride. Yeah. Then there's only the financial difference. There's the of. financial difference and also, uh, like, how... Uh, I think for me, like, it, to do something like that, I would have to be just so madly in love. And not just that, but just completely have every bit of trust in that person. Because... I mean, that kind of distance and that kind of uh, temptation, yeah. especially in a study abroad environment where, you know, all everything is there. You know, all of these people are looking for something short term. Like I, I've saw it so many times, so many times where Me like too, actually, where yeah. people uh, in relationships like cheated on their partner from back home so much like and for me. Like after seeing that, I would really struggle to do that unless I was very serious with someone. Yeah. So so coming back to the the exchange thing, you do think there's a lot of ex uh, like temptation going on if you go on exchange? Yeah, uh, definitely. Although my situation was kind of interesting because I was in the Netherlands during COVID. So we were in this big student compound where all that we like, we had nothing to do. We were all in the same building. We had only each other to interact with and uh, lots of drinking going on and lots of uh interesting interactions yeah yeah it happened same to me i think yeah you're with so many students in the house and yeah but but still i think as a on an exchange it's a temptational environment anyway i think exactly and that's also part of the fun right mm -hmm, totally yeah all right so um could you both tell me about any weird things you experienced about the dutch dating culture like what stood mm. out to you what's different from your home country and Like what was something that really, yeah, surprised you? Maybe I, I'm not super surprised by the fact that it's just expected that you're going to split payment for everything equally. Uh, after all, the phrase "going Dutch" does exist and is used. Do you think that's cheap? That Dutch people want to split everything? I don't think it's cheap. I think it's more fair, honestly, because then it's like there's no fear of somebody being used for free stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and also, it's like you're both equally invested in this interaction. But in my opinion, like the you know cheap the free dates are the best dates. Uh, but you know that's just maybe me being cheap. I but agree. <laughs> but maybe one of the things that's like really uh, interesting for me in terms of Dutch dating culture is how just how individualistic people are about it. In terms of when are you expected to start caring about other people's needs? 
And I think that here, even compared to the U.S., which is already very individualistic, people are very, you know, very much prioritizing their own needs, even very deep into a relationship, yeah. uh, which, good or bad, was a bit of a shock, I think. So, so I feel like it's always a bit that the other person is always extra. So their life should be good the way it is, and then the other people that come into their lives are just extra, or it's not exactly what you mean. Uh, more like in terms of w whose needs should be prioritized, like how much should I care about your needs and how much should you care about mine? And it's just a matter of expectations, I think. Like, what do you expect? Like, should I expect you to change things about your life to fit me? And should you expect me to change things about my life? Yeah, that's, for you? that's what I mean. So oh, their yeah. life is basically what it is. And mm -hmm. then if another person uh, comes into your life, it has to fit or... yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you want the, the willingness to change for somebody, I think, yeah. uh, is definitely something that I noticed that's different. Yeah. Yeah. And also just emotional expression, like how much you express your emotions. Uh, that's definitely a huge difference, I think. So it's more than in other countries or less? Less. Less. Yeah. Uh, so people don't say what they feel. It's more like, okay, so the Dutch definitely have the reputation for being very direct right mm -hmm. but i don't know if it's necessarily directness i think it's more like if there's something that really needs to be said to you they'll say it uh but in terms of what they're internally feeling and i've talked a lot of people that i've talked to from different cultures have said the same thing that it's like you know basically like my internal emotional state shouldn't really concern you that much right uh maybe that's a bit of a strong statement on it but the general sentiment is there and do you find that hard to deal with or it's definitely an adjustment uh, especially in terms of expectations. But then again, I haven't had a whole lot of experience dating Dutchies. All right. How about you? Because you're German, so it's a completely yeah, different background. Fair. Uh, but I think like there's not too much difference in terms of Dutch dating culture and German dating culture, especially when it comes to splitting the bills. I'm not a fan of splitting the bills. and uh, I Even with the dates I had with Dutch people, I never split the bills. But Why? Well, because it's, for me, it's like, okay, if a date goes well and you feel like you're going to see that person another time, um, then one party pays and you can just say, well, I'm going to text the next one. So you just already, like, presume, okay, there's going to be a second date and then I'm going to pay or they're going to pay. So I think, I don't know if I actually got invited more, if I paid more in general throughout the past two years. Uh, I and, think and when you know that a date is not going well, for example, would you still mm. let the other person pay? Hmm, I don't know. I think I would let the other person pay, but not with a clear conscience. Like, because hmm. I, I then you kind of owe them, right? Yeah. And especially as female, I, I don't feel comfortable owing, like, dates, anything. I Although, think that's why Dutch Dutch women like to split the bill. Yeah, that's totally fair. Because they want to be fair. independent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I, I also totally see myself as independent, if, although I'm German or Dutch, but... um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, splitting the bill for me it just is is weird. I don't really like it. I mean, if you really feel any, if it's a big, big bill, for sure. I, if, if you go out for some reason and you spend almost like a hundred euros on on fancy dinner and and drinks and everything, of course, then I would split because like how fast can you make up for that amount of money, right? Um, and you don't know how long the the relationship or situationship or whatever uh, will be. Um, but if the bill is smaller, I, I think if one party pays and then the other one pays for the next time, it's totally fine. 
Um, but then also in terms of directness or like sharing your deepest inner emotions, <laughs> I feel like that's so depending on the person you're with and also like how comfortable you feel with the person. I don't really uh, see the difference in like nationality there because, yeah, I think it's, it really depends. I've, I've like the Dutch people I dated, uh, I did not share a lot of emotions with them because it never got to that point. Whereas other cultures, I did share more, um, but it's it really depends on like how many dates you have and how many like how much time you spend together and how like quickly your conversations go from surface level a bit deeper. Mm. And yeah, all right, makes sense. So uh, could you both tell me about your favorite or least favorite date with a Dutch person? Mm, I don't think I want to pick favorites or n not favorites, <laughs> but I would say Good that maybe the, maybe the maybe the funniest one was this first date I had with a Dutch girl, uh, where first we went for like tapas, uh, and then things went well, so we went to like this bar, but this was in like December, so uh, this was like when there was an ice storm coming through and like the ground froze over, and she's from like this suburb near Amsterdam, and. So she was like, oh, you know, she and she made it clear she wanted to come back with me. So she was like, oh, it's okay. I could take the late train. Oops, missed the late train. Yeah. Uh, but also the buses stopped running. Uh, so basically the only way that we were able to get back to my place, which was like a 15 minute bike ride under normal conditions, was for her to get on the back uh, and have me like cycle her all the way there, which on ice and it was my first time doing it. It was uh Definitely an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because that's a really Dutch thing. Very Dutch. I yeah. see them doing this all the time. Yeah, and they, uh, there's even a very famous song about it from a few years ago. Yeah? yeah What's about, it called? Uh, Kom maar achterop bij mij. So come on the hop on the back of my bike. <laughs> hop on the back of my bike. It was a really big hit, actually. A lot of, well, all the Dutch people know it. I don't know if you guys know it, but... No. <laughs> it's a lot familiar. of fun. <laughs> yeah, all oh, right. Fun story. And you? Uh, well, I once had a date with a Dutch guy and we went home to his place and I don't know it, it was not a bad date it was not a great date either it was like uh, let's say in in the medium to good ratio somewhere up there but I was okay let's uh, let's see where this is going anyways so we, we went home to his place and we said like okay because we had a, a not a lot but like some drinks before uh, okay let's maybe have a tea And then he did, did this so, like, it's such a Dutch thing to split a tea bag between two cups of tea. <laughs> and to just, like, put it first in the one cup and then, like, to put it in the second cup and expect both cups to kind of taste good. Like, how, like, I can also just drink hot water from the kettle. Like, it really doesn't make a difference for me if if the tea bag has been used before like did you tell him what you thought about it no i was i was i was too shocked honestly it was the first time i actually saw that and then uh, later on i also saw that that my roommate was doing it and that like every dutch person i know is like splitting tea bags and it's like oh yeah i can use that for later again and to me this just so weird and i was just so weirded out or like so culturally shocked by that it was just yeah so it's a big turn off Yeah, like it was not obviously it didn't have to do anything with the date or with how it went, but it was just like super strange to see that happening. Yeah. So you, yeah, okay. So it wasn't like actually a turn off for you. It nah. wasn't like after that you thought, oh, I don't. Want no, this there one. were other things that were a turn off for sure. Ah, okay. <laughs> so you were already turned off. Yeah, I was not. No, it was not 
by that point, it was not a great date anymore at all. All right. Well, do you both think that the that the ESN uh, environment is a safe place for for dating and everything? <laughs> <laughs> um, Def define what you mean by ESN environment, like well, uh, yeah. the parties and the activities. And oh, for sure. Do you think that's a lot of? Yeah, totally. Like. Yeah, I think. Sometimes there's, I, I mean, as soon as you get into the community a bit more, you see how much dating is actually going on in there and, like, how many people, are, like, yeah, are making out with each other in clubs or whatever. <laughs> and it's not necessarily the ESN bubble. It's, it's just the exchange bubble, right? And, um, yeah, I feel like if, you, if you're responsible with your actions and if you respect other people, then of course it's a safe environment to date and it's a very interesting environment as well because like you meet so many different people from so many different cultures you just need to make sure that yeah you you don't mess mess it up sort of um but no i th i feel like if you if you're responsible of course you can date inside years i know you can uh, have some fun inside years and and i think it's actually safe yeah but i think ESN in general is a very open community and there's very little um yeah assault going on obviously we don't see everything also as sport members we don't know everything and uh we just hope that our uh, participants feel safe uh and comfortable during our activities yeah. um but yeah for that we also have uh, the confident role for example where people who have had bad experience be it inside ESN or outside can always reach out right and uh, we try to make it a, the yeah, safest place possible also then for dating hmm. all right do you have any tips for people going on exchange and that already kind of looking for have fun <laughs> yeah of course have fun but actually like seriously the thing that uh shocked well not even shocked it was just very surprising to me when at least when i moved to maastricht how little the different cultures that people come from impact like it, it's not a barrier at all to people getting together hooking up dating all no. of this stuff like not even a little bit like it, that's the part that is uh was super interesting to me and I also like kind of had this expectation that it would be a barrier, you know, and that would be something that I would say is like, yeah, just be yourself. Like, don't be super self-conscious about like all the different things like that, you know, oh, you know, like everybody's from a different background. I don't understand. Like, man, like, yeah, I, just I don't know. Just go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. Right. Like, but again, this is also like, I'm somebody who really values open communication. And I think especially in an, uh, in an environment like an international dating environment, especially it's so important to communicate how you feel because there's no way that the other person will just assume uh, how you feel based on certain actions. You can't expect that somebody, especially from a different culture, will understand what you're feeling unless you say it. Yeah. So again, communication is... is yeah, key. in an international context, I think communication is top priority especially in an international environment. For sure. Yeah, and I also have the tip to make sure they don't live in your building. Um, <laughs> can go wrong. You might have to see them in, your, in the elevator every once in a while. Very uncomfortable, very awkward. Um, so, yeah, make sure you don't just randomly pick on Tinder and, uh, yeah, ask where they live. <laughs> Before you date them, yes. ask where they live. <laughs> It can be also can be very convenient, right? To be it can same. be super convenient. Also, yeah. I've been there, done that. But um, <laughs> it can also get very awkward very quickly. All right. 
Well, then I have another question um, because uh, some friends of mine that also went on exchange to the Netherlands, they said that they were quite scared because all the people here are quite tall. <laughs> so Dutch people are like considered the tallest people in the world. Uh, do you think that's uh, because, of course, height is sometimes a, a, a problem with uh, with dating? Do you think that's a problem for you guys or do you think uh, in general it didn't really impact the dating life? Weirdly enough, I think it's less of a problem here than in the U.S. Like for, I mean, yeah, people are a bit taller here, but for whatever reason, like height, at least as a guy, like uh, you know, it seems like seems like girls value height even more so in the U.S. Like large physical stature, even more in the U.S. than here. It's uh, funny that you say that because I I think the same thing. I yeah. feel like because the people here are so tall, they don't care about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I was just wondering whether that's the same for you. I don't I don't think so. Like I don't see a difference in terms of uh, height of people and dating. Yeah. Um I mean for me height has never been an issue with anybody whom I dated. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well that's good to hear. I think those were my questions for now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well thanks. thank you. Thanks for yeah, uh, being thanks. here. Of course. And uh, yeah, we have some fun episodes upcoming. Uh also about introversion and extroversion. Uh yes about how people feel when they go on exchange and when they're introverted, because that can be quite difficult, of course. But uh, you'll hear all about that in our next episode. So thanks for listening and thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.